0: What the hell is the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington.
1: I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week.
0: Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy.
1: I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy
0: Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy
2: Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z
0: Podcast. Hello, everybody, and The intro was really nice and everything, but neither Kevin or Barry are here today. It's just me, Evan Grant, and a special guest host, labor agreement specialist, Richard Justice of MLB.com. Richard, hello. Good morning. All right, that's good. We like it quick and easy. And special guest, John Daniels, Rangers General Manager. John, good morning. How are you?
1: morning, gentlemen. I'm well, thank you.
0: Uh, so, John, we are sitting here uh, bright and early on uh, the heels of what appears to be a labor agreement, and my immediate takeaway from this is that the impact on the Rangers, uh, at least in this season, is nothing whatsoever. Yeah,
1: and preface this by saying that you know, I'm basing uh, information on you know, much of the same source as you guys are, which is you guys. <laughs> um, uh, where you know, there's, you know there hasn't been any any official uh, communication, I don't imagine that there will be until you know at least the uh, the draft is is approved um, or even if, if the full agreements ratified. But uh, based on the you know what's come out, um, yeah, it does not appear that there would be you know at least in our situation a lot that would affect us day one, and, uh, and we're you know we're good with that. I think the system as a whole. Uh, in good shape, and it seems like both sides focused on kind of common sense areas to, to tighten up a few things. Um, good thing for the industry that it's moving forward, though, for sure.
0: The I thought the the big thing when this story broke last night, Richard, was that there were a lot of reports that uh, free agency compensation was either going to be diminished immediately or go right away, and that would impact the Rangers if if, if they had not been able to get e, a draft pick free Ian Desmond. But your understanding is that compensation rules remain in effect for this year
2: yeah and it starts next year and john i wanted to ask you like if you're sitting there if you're a general manager and you've got a couple of free agents where you might have an option of getting draft picks for them and you're there next summer do you think it's going to mean more trades that teams will be more likely to trade their free agents since the draft pick won't be as as as, as good
1: i do i think it could play into it um so you'd You'd hear a lot of times other clubs, and and when you're in that situation, you'd think a lot that hey, I've got a at a minimum, I need to do better than, you know, than the draft pick I would I would pick up, and if that pick is, is now sliding down the draft, either to, you know, round three or, or you know, potentially the, the two and five scenario I've read about, um, it definitely I think it plays into it. Um, you know, there's still a ton of other factors, and, and um, I don't think it plays into it with the, the premium guys, but that that next tier, I, I would imagine it would definitely play into how we all evaluate uh, you know whether to pull a trigger and that sort of a deal
0: so the one place where it does where it looks like it will impact teams kind of right out of the gate is on the international uh, side where it appears that there will be a, a what amounts to a flat cap there will be no sliding scale based on where you finish it won't be treated at all like the draft pool Uh, You guys view that as a positive development for the Texas Rangers, do you not?
1: I do. I do. We do. I mean, um, uh, listen. The bottom line is, before this, you know, it was a a huge advantage to have um, a lesser record when you when you come to the amateur market, and um, and it was incentive. I don't know if you want to call it incentive to lose, but. You know, that was kind of one of the unintended consequences, I think. And so to have flattened it out, one, addresses that. Um, but two, it really kind of puts it back into the, the hands of, uh, you know, the evaluators, um, your scouts and, and analysts. And, um, you know, I, I think we feel very confident that we have some of the best evaluators in the game we put our group up against anybody. And uh, now you're taking away – Kind of financial advantages and, and, you know, strategy from that standpoint. Really, it's more more back to everyone on equal footing financially. and It's about making best baseball decisions, and I think that's one of the areas that we thrive.
0: All right, so this allows you now to get right back into your off season plans without interruption, and there is still a lot of work for this team to to get done. Is there not? How long? Not how long, but the the agenda is still, or the docket is rather involved. Still, is it not?
1: Yeah, I mean we've probably been more, uh had more discussion on uh, the trade front than we have free agency here uh, since we signed Kashner. Um, but our our thought process still remains the same. It's you know coming into the off season, the, the kind of the easiest thing to do, the most. Um, uh, direct kind of plug and play, so to speak, approach would be to, to you know pick up a starter, uh, pick up a center fielder, and then add depth behind it and go play. Um, we, we've had some interesting conversations along those lines. We've had some interesting conversations uh, that are a little more involved and maybe you know uh, could take us down some different paths. And um, so we're, we're we're going through that. Whether it you know materializes to a deal or not, early to say. But I do think things have, have picked up on the trade front, and I imagine that they will, uh, again, edit into next week.
2: John, is it exciting or nerve-wracking when you've got a couple of needs, you've got some flexibility, you've got a farm system? Is the baseball man in you say, man, this is a chance for us to a little bit give the club a little different look and, and to get better? Or does it fire you up?
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, Richard, this is the way that we compete, you know? I mean, I uh, mean, um, I don't play golf, but, you know, <laughs> this, is how I, this is how I compete, this is how I, you know, that piece of it, uh, and that's a lot of fun, I think, for anybody in our position. Um, you know, as far as, like, you know, giving the club a different look, you know, it's kind of, it's a balance, and, you know, we we believe we can, uh, can and will uh, contend and win this year. Um, you know, we've had a, a good run here for, you know, seven or eight years, and we want that to be... You know, another seven or eight or ten or fifteen or twenty, without ever you know taking a meaningful step back, and and, and that's a challenge. Like that, that, sustaining it at that level is hard, you know, especially given some of the restraints in the system. So, we traded a lot of young players. Um, you know, uh, we might do it again. Uh, we might look to acquire young players. I mean, it's but all all with the mindset that you know we can and will uh, contend and win.
0: So you mentioned the plug-and-play idea. Um, You did go out and get a starter, and then the next priority would seem to be center field. I I think going into the winter, uh, you know, you had two internal free agents there in in Desmond and and Gomez, one in Carlos Gomez who might have looked more like a short-term type fit, but it appears that there's a a, a vigorous market on, on, on Gomez. Has that surprised you at all?
1: anything like necessarily surprises you in terms of you know market and, and i don't really want to characterize uh you know uh, any free agents market in a large part because we don't know sure you know, it's the nature of, of kind of the blind bidding system we've got that um so much is based
0: on, on speculation and, and you know you, you don't in know twitter at
1: the end of the day. yeah it's based on yeah, twitter yeah now. <laughs> yeah exactly you know and that's and, and real i mean social media has an impact on on the way we do business uh the way people react, and, uh, you know, if, if one of your players' names hits the wire on, on some level uh, in, in a speculative fashion, like, inevitably, you, know, you get more calls on that player, uh, and it does kind of change the, the market system a little bit.
0: So have you turned more towards a trade front on center field?
1: We're open in both areas. You know, we're open in both areas, and, um, and at the same time, like, I know the Shields having a, a very good offseason. Um And Drew Robinson uh, is a guy that has really kind of increased his stock with us and impressed and always kind of a a versatile infielder, moved him some to the outfield this year, Uh, took to center field very well. Uh, We've actually had some teams asking about him in that capacity. So, you know, we we feel we've got some good internal options, um, but we continue to look to see what else is out there.
2: John, without giving away secrets, what's your uh, evaluation right now of where Joey Gallo is in his career, and where you go with him moving forward?
1: Uh, Rich, I think great question. I think I think Joey's like an elite, elite talent. Um, he does things on the field that you know very few guys are capable of doing, um, and I don't just mean the minor; I mean the big leagues. Like he, he you know, people. People will write, like, hey, he could be this, he could be that. He could. Yeah. What they miss on Joey is, like, Joey's a very good athlete. You know, so when the, the, the people will talk about some of the kind of more one-dimensional sluggers, you know, first-base DH types, like, you know, Joey played center field from the big league, you know, Joey, I mean, he <laughs> can play third base. He's, he's a good base runner. He's an athlete.
0: And he pinch um, ran for one of your middle infielders, you know, so he...
1: Yeah, he pinch ran, he pitched in high school. I mean, the point is, like, you know, and I'm not suggesting he's going to pitch, but he has a great arm. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, did we uh, did we bring, uh, aggressively call him up? No doubt. You know, we had the Beltray got hurt. Uh, was out for, you know, close to a month with the thumb deal. Uh, we thought it was a month. He, you know, and Adrian, he, he made it two weeks, but... Um, you know, and we brought him up probably before he'd had like full uh, complement of minor league at bats, just because he, he's so gifted and he gave us a shot in the arm. But it, it did kind of change his, you know, short term future and uh, you know and, and the development path. And I guess I guess that's a long way of saying like he's a very very talented young man that we have a lot of belief in long term. Um, you know, guys come at different paces, different speeds, uh, different development paths. We just got to continue to, to help him along, uh, help his development path along, and, and you know we'll all know when when his time has come.
2: D- John, do you believe philosophically in just penciling a guy in to play, or saying, "Okay, you're coming to spring training, and we're going to give you a chance to compete for a job"? W- which is better? Which do you prefer?
1: Well, I prefer the competition element. Um, but not necessarily in just in a spring training capacity. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like, like uh, Ryan Rua, for instance, you know, his competing for a job for next year, a lot of that was, you know, what he did in the big leagues this year, you know, and I don't think you start from scratch when you go to spring training. And, you know, it that counts, you know, what you did this past year, what you've done in the past, your work ethic, what you do over the off offseason, um, you know, how you prepare, how you improve, those things all play a role Um, you know, it's easier to just commit a job when, you know, you're not expecting to contend. Uh, I don't think that's in our DNA. That's not consistent with how we put the club together, and it's not fair to a lot of the other guys uh, to, you know, just flat-out commit to a guy based on, you know, prospect status or or what they've done in the minor leagues because, you know, that's not fair to the the other 24 guys from a standpoint of, of, you know, putting our best foot
0: forward as an organization to win you you have tried to create a meritocracy here you have done everything you can to try and and create a strict a meritocracy as possible the one thing that Richard and I were talking about on on Gallo earlier was the fact that you know at this point he's got over 2,000 minor league plate appearances is there anything more that he can show you at the minor league level
1: I'm sorry, you actually cut it. Who was that, Evan?
0: It, you know, he's at this point, he's got over 2,000 minor league plate appearances.
1: I didn't miss the name. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, uh, Joey. Oh,
1: okay. This is, um, there's always, I mean, I think there's always adjustments to being made. You know, there, there, there are, so the answer is yes. You know, I think that there's always, uh, adjust, one, one of the things with Joey is, is you see, like the elite talent and, and produced at a high level, regardless. You know, he'd be the first to tell you he didn't have his best year, and he had a 900 OPS a AAA. Right. You know, I think just like the consistency day to day at bat to at bat, um, you know, handling different situations. Those are the things that any young player has, has got to demonstrate, uh, you know, at the major league level.
0: John, we'll let you go. last question. Um, I, I waxed—I wouldn't say eloquently—but I, I waxed in the in, uh, online the other day about conversations regarding whether or not you look at a conversion of, of Matt Bush to a, a starter. I know early in the off season you you said that was unlikely. Uh, I think you've been asked periodically and and have basically left the idea that it's it, it's unlikely. But what goes into those conversations? Because I don't think you can just cut it down to, well, Neftali Feliz and Alexio Gondo didn't work out.
1: Yeah, and Alexio Gondo, I would say, did work out. Yeah, you know, as an all- all-star, as a starter. Um, you know, nephew got hurt. You know, I think it's very debatable whether you know he would have gotten hurt either way, and right, um, had some like, signs of, of decline the year before, but. Um. But, I, you know, obviously that one did not play out the way we'd hoped. Uh, again, I think every one of these guys is an individual, you know. Um, uh, some guys are able to make that transition and thrive. Other guys other guys cannot. Uh, and there's all sorts of different reasons. Some of the things that we, we look at are, you know, um, ability to command the baseball. And a lot of that is kind of how they do it from a delivery standpoint, arm action standpoint, the repeatability of what they do. Uh, the easiness with which they do it uh, their athleticism on the mound um, uh, mentality wise you know, can they handle different situations that starters are, are going to be faced with more often um, uh, you know a, a physical piece is just it's a hard piece to, to predict you know and it's hard to, to say why one one guy breaks down one role and another guy doesn't um, we have some you know some thoughts and some uh, reasoning behind each guy, but it's not, you know, it's far from a perfect science. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the team element is, is, you know, when you take a guy out of, out of uh, or one role, um, do you have other people to step up into those roles? Um, how good is he at, at his current role? How much of a competitive advantage is, is he there? You know, it's a little different with, with some of the guys you mentioned. Cause they, weren't, right. they weren't dominant relievers. Uh, you know, they were good, but they weren't irreplaceable parts. Right, and uh, the bullpen, and so the upside of of trying to get a starter there was was worthwhile. And, uh, whether it worked out or not, it, you know the risk uh, the risk assessment was still the same. So, uh, and how much did the guy want to do it, and how much did he want to work? You know, that's that's one of the reasons that like that CJ had so much success as a starter I mean, he really wanted and he worked his
0: tail off. He lobbied know? for and, it, and he was completely committed to it. Whereas Feliz, I think, waffled just a little bit. Yeah, that.
1: And, and he had multiple, you know, in multiple he had a way to get through a lineup multiple times. Right. And um, yes, but I, I, his mentality played a huge role in that. He, he was, com- he was committed. He was focused on being successful. You know, and he was going to put the work in to make it happen. So, all those factors play into it. All
0: right. Well, I have a million other questions, but I'll save them for our quality time that we get to spend in D.C. next week when when you come we, up for air. Um, thanks again for taking some time here in, in the middle of a very hectic off season, and uh, we will talk to you soon.
1: All right, thank you guys. Thanks, thank for you, John.
0: So there goes John Daniels. But Richard, you're still here. That you know, you are the first quote unquote guest who's like actually come in who does who's not employed by the Dallas Morning News, though you were for three weeks about 20 years ago.
2: Yeah, and almost in 1982, I've had a I have a long history. Uh, hey, let me just say something about John Daniels. I hope baseball fans understand that the things he's talking about and the questions you're asking him, this is extraordinary. When you see the number of young players the Rangers have produced and the way they've been successful for a long period of time, this is not normal. This This franchise is one of the best-run franchises in baseball. Well, and, and this y- is
0: why he he cites you know the idea that if we're playing on a level playing field with other people in evaluations, particularly in Latin America – we, the Rangers, feel like w- right. we've got an advantage.
2: And the Rangers produce players. You know, there are organizations known for posi- producing position players, for producing pitchers. The Rangers have gotten – have had a farm system that has delivered players at every position. And there are teams now, right now as we're speaking, they're figuring out how, how do we do this? Why can't we produce pitching? Why can't we produce – you know, and I forget sometimes like Rua, like, I, you know, Mazzara. Gallows waiting in the wings. Profar um Odor is a it, Odor is Odor an Odor is a star he's not 23 he, years he's old. He's an yet. impact player. He's he's a, a difference-making player. Right. And you think wow, the, you know, and I lived here, I grew up here. I lived here in a time when the the franchise was kind of a joke. And what we got going now here beginning when was the World Series year? 2010. Uh, the first one, 2010. This is a pretty good seven-year run.
0: Yeah, well, this is a team that's, that's that's won 88 or more games every year with the exception of 2014, which was a all-time aberration in terms of injuries since 2009. The, 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 the question, though, here, I think, that the Rangers are trying to attack is I think they feel like their pitching side has not quite kept up on the starting rotation portion. Right, um, It's not quite kept up. With the with with the rest of the field, they did develop Martín Perez. They did develop Derek Holland. They did get they did get good mileage out of both of those guys. And on the bullpen side, you know they, they they developed Keone keller They they I guess you have to give them credit for for developing Matt Bush because they were the team that went out and signed him as a
2: pitcher and right and and, and brought him up and and yeah, that's what was interesting about the, the 2016 team. Who were the guys that were added? Uh, Desmond a late ad. Bush no one really knew about. Profar, we're figuring all year in the minor leagues. Those guys – and Mazar was not even he was gonna be pitching, I mean playing triple A. Right. And with all those guys ended up having an impact. And that tells you that it's it's the four it's forty men. Baseball is not going to a twenty six man roster, but I think the way the people look at it, we're gonna shorten the disabled list. And teams use forty men anyway. I mean, they they, do. they come and go. You don't have a twenty-five man roster anyway.
0: No, and I think what you I, people talk about a five-man pitching rotation, and, and I've gone to the idea that what you really have is a nine or ten-man pitching pool, and you've got to be able to stagger that with optionable pieces. I'm also big now. I've I've decided I'm big on you got to have some guys that aren't necessarily going to be ready to start the season so that you can have them in the minor leagues, you can have them rehabbing, and be able to insert them into the rotation somewhere along the way. Because otherwise, you know, unless you've got a number of optionable, legitimate starters, you're not going to be able to shuffle guys back and forth between the majors.
2: That's one of the things your friend Buck Showalter, when he sends a guy back to the minor leagues, he says, okay uh go look at our history and this helps them in getting free agents through the winter you know the 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 small ticket free agents we use everybody we right. use so if you here we're not bound by that many contracts i'm talking about baltimore you if you you have to sing for your supper if you're bad on tuesday you're not here on wednesday and somebody else gets a chance so the point is you go down and create depth every every general manager has this huge Depth chart they look at, and they know through the course of the year you're going to need eight. How many starting pitchers do you? The Dodgers used, I think, fifteen or sixteen last year. Look,
0: the, the number of teams that, that use five or six starting pitchers that's is, and, and that's what I'm thinking. That's about, the outlier,
2: right? I'm looking at uh, teams now. Well, okay, they're eight deep in starting pitching. And in, in previously, you go, whoa. I mean, we remember we asked the Dodgers a couple of years ago. You got eight starting pitchers. What are you going to do? Now we go eight. Is that enough? Right. Right. The
0: uh, so Richard on the you were you were you were probably the the sexiest man covering the uh the CBA talks. The, the, this is because uh, you were the only man covering the CBA talks.
2: Right. And that's a good thing. But like the 2007 and 2012 negotiations were done there was a trust level between the late Michael Weiner and Rob Manford. We didn't even know there was labor negotiations going on. Right. This is it shouldn't be news. What we want to be talking about is who's going to be playing center field for the Rangers. Is Gallo going to get a chance to play? What can we expect out of Darvish for a full season? Th- that's the good news. You got to, you got to, people don't want to hear about this stuff. People don't, people don't care no, I, about how you divide up $10 billion.
0: They, they don't, and they have no sympathy for it. And I don't think right. they'd have and sympathy for it. And they shouldn't have sympathy side, for it. No. No. Um, especially when the Rangers are going to get, you know, subsidized to the tune of about $500 million to replace a 20 year old stadium. Um, this is a case of, of the rich getting richer, and it's just a, it's, it's just a question of how do you well, divide up the Well, money? the
2: Rangers' ballpark situation, to me, is unique in that it was a competitive market. Don't you think Dallas would have jumped on—don't you think Dallas still feels it dropped the ball in 1990 or whatever that year was?
0: Yes, but—and we've had multiple conversations about this on this podcast— I don't know that Dallas would have ever gotten to the point, especially now because the city's got serious financial situations that it's that it's facing with the, the police and firefighters um, pension funds. But I don't know that Dallas would have ever been aggressive enough to, to get a deal done. Arlington, what Arlington did was it was proactive uh, I think it did realize that the one thing that this stadium, that that this franchise really needed, was to dome this roof.
2: Um, it had to happen. Like my my mother, in the last years of her life, didn't want to come to games anymore. It was too hot. Right. I, I have family members that gave up season tickets because you drive in April, you don't know. And and, and also, I've seen it. I, okay, it's a half a billion, and and it's a privately run business, and we understand. Wow, would that money be better spelt for cops and, and school teachers? I think we all understand. Yes, it would. Be, it would be no question. On the other hand, I do think a baseball team is an investment, and I, what I've seen happen in Washington D.C. with the that ballpark in the area just south of the the United States Capitol Building or east, whatever east, and it's it's it's. It's revived an entire neighborhood. It, it has blown up around there. Baltimore, Coors Field. Look what it did to that area in San Francisco. Now, the, 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 the other side of that is you say, hey, look, San Francisco, China Basin was going to be developed anyway. But there's a vibrancy around that area. So I do think their cities do get something out of it. Does Can you make the math work? Probably you can't make the math work. But has Arlington, Texas, benefited by being the home of the Rangers and the Cowboys? Oh, I, think, I would absolutely. think so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt it has. Uh, it's it's not a direct $500 million check for school teachers and firefighters and police. But there is there's definitely some. And I hate to use this phrase. There's definitely some trickle down that goes to to the city infrastructure. Um, all right. Look, you are based in Houston most of the time when you're not on the road up here. Uh, What is the take on what the Astros have done so far this offseason, and have they put themselves in position to to overtake the Rangers?
2: Well, there's been a frantic quality. Well, we can have a larger conversation about the American League West because I look at the Angels. I think they're going to be pretty good. I think if Garrett Richards is healthy and all indications are that he is, they're in a pretty good spot. Seattle is a competitive baseball team. But in Houston – been I'm a, not with you on the Angels, but okay. go yeah, ahead. But I could argue that because I'm a huge Socia fan and what they get out of their club and, and and all of that. You know, I look at they they have eight pitchers now. They're going to put that Ramirez guy, J.C. Ramirez, in the rotation and all that. So they have a fighting chance. They're not a 90-loss club, potentially. and uh, but So I think there's been a frantic quality to, to Houston. I think they feel like we we got to win now. And I think if you go back to Jonathan LaCroix and Matt Moore at the trade deadline, I think probably the general manager Jeff Lueño figures I could have gotten both those guys. I wasn't aggressive enough, but I felt like I had your Yuli Goriel, this kid from Russia. Uh, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from Russia. Yeah, there's still a Soviet influence, but no, Goriel from Cuba and Alex Bregman, the top prospect coming up but he also couldn't have foreseen that his two best starting pitchers Lance McCullers and Dallas Keuchel were going to get hurt. Right. If they're after all this they've done getting Brian McCann, getting Josh Reddick, getting um uh Charlie Morton to add depth to the rotation, it's still going to come down to Keuchel and McCullers being healthy and they they've got two more But they may not be done. No, they've got two more moves. They're going they went hard for Cespedes. They're going hard for Encarnacion. They want Carlos Beltrán either Encarnacion or Beltrán. Beltran's an interesting one because Red Sox, Yankees, everybody—they all want Encarnacion, but maybe there's a years, dollars commitment. Beltran would make more sense, right? And it doesn't. Beltran also
0: does not have draft pick compensation, right? Doesn't
2: doesn't clog up doesn't clog up the pipeline. And then the but the real sexy part of it in Houston is okay. If you get Encarnacion, does that mean you're going to trade Alex Bregman to get Chris Sale? I mean. The idea, you know, like you and I love prospects. We love kids. The idea of trading Alex Bregman for anybody is, oh, it just makes me sick because this is one of the best young players you're going to see. On the other hand, every player has a value, and what's the value of having Chris Sale under control for three years? What does your baseball team look like then?
0: If you're Jeff Luno, do you do that?
2: I think if you get Chris Sale, that he's got three years, of team-friendly contract, and you feel like, and they, you know, they these teams people don't know this. If you go to f- was it fan graphs every day, there's a projected standings. They right. change every day. Teams run those every day, like and so the project. I always go to. I always say to Luno before the season, "Where are you going to finish?" They have a projection. Like last year, early in the season, I said, "You're not going to catch Texas, are you?" And he says, uh, "Seattle's pretty good too." I mean, they, right. like they deal with it every. So does where does Chris Sale put you? If you have C- Dallas Keuchel if his shoulder's healthy, if you have Lance McCullers. No, they weren't healthy last year. Right. There's no, It's a leap of faith to think they're going to be healthy this year. Um, as much as you would hate to trade Alex Bregman, if you feel like that wins the AOS for you, you do it.
0: And it, it. If you're John Daniels then, and you get word that they're willing to trade Alex Bregman for Chris Sale, are you now willing to trade Rugnet Odor or no Mazzara? In a package that's probably also going to include a Gallo or a Profar and more to get Chris Sale.
2: It makes you sick. I mean, the idea of trading Odor makes me sick. But what do you do? I mean, what's the value? What's the, What does your club look like now if you have one year, 2017, you have Darvish and you have Hamels and you have Sale? You That's that's a team you go, oh, my God, I don't want to play them boys. But can you score runs? Well, that's the other part of it. You know, then you have to piece it together. What right. does Mike Napoli give to you? What, how can we go out? I, I think the one thing we understand is there's no substitute for pitching. Either you can pitch or you can't. You can substitute offense. You can get a right-handed guy. You can platoon and figure it out and maybe come up with something competitive. But in terms of the bullpen and the starting pitching, you can't trick anybody.
0: Uh, I, I would I would agree with you there. I, I, the one thing I would say is I think if the Rangers are looking – to deal right now. Uh, I, I think they would be more willing to deal from their bullpen arms than they would be anywhere else. I think they feel like they've got a surplus of bullpen arms uh in in Dyson, Bush, Kella. They've got three guys who could all close games. And I I think there is there's legitimate interest in the Rangers. But
2: if you've got those three guys Now you got a monster bullpen. You do have a monster bullpen. And and the the other thing, the other trend, the coming trend, is to take a young starting pitcher in Houston, that's Chris Davinsky, and say to him, you're more valuable to us three innings today, two innings two two days from now. There was a general manager uh, at the – meet. oh, it was Farhan Zaidi of the Dodgers that said – we have, to get, we have to figure a way to compensate relievers, that you can't be paid because you saved this many games or you started this many games or you had holes. We're going to find pitchers, and we're going to make it clear to them, if you're that guy, if you're that Andrew Miller type in the middle innings or that gets us to the ninth inning, well, in large, we're going to pay you big bucks.
0: In large part, this is why Brett Cecil got $30 million for four years.
2: Right, and there's going to be a trickle-down to, to, let's name the other guys, Drew Storen, maybe that's a bad name, but every reliever is going to make more money and those two guys at the top Chapman and uh and Jansen they're going to ob- they're going to they're going to make more money than they ever dreamed
0: Matt Bush can be a closer based on what we've seen
2: he's okay. nasty
0: he's got he's got an overpowering fastball
2: and he's got just a little bit enough of a lack of control to scare the hell out of you but he i mean <laughs> you say lack of control well maybe i hope that's what it is <laughs> <laughs>
0: His strike percentage is amazing. It was sixty eight percent this year. Well,
2: there were stretches. He was unhittable.
0: Um all that said, would you consider moving him to the rotation?
2: The Cincinnati Reds always wanted a Chapman in the rotation. You make more money in the rotation, you're more valuable. I mean, you want two hundred innings or you want seventy innings?
0: Well, you're only to me, you're only more valuable if you are a guy that would start a playoff game.
2: If you're a one, two, or three, that's a good point. That's a that's a good point. You look to build an October rotation. Right. And I tell you a funny story. Last year, you
0: don't want a guy, You're not going to move a guy from a closer or an eighth inning role into a role where he's basically not going to pitch in the play right. season.
2: So we didn't know who this guy Chris Davinsky was last year. Just another guy, and he ended up being maybe not the most valuable player on the Astros, but a really good player. And uh, he comes into a game and they flash on the scoreboard. He's over a hundred. He's 100 innings. And from the other dugout, I didn't even know you could do this from the other dugout, the hitting coach texts the manager of the Astros, a j Hinch, and says, "You're killing this guy. Don't bring him in again." Oh really <laughs> got like a hundred innings for a reliever, and he said he looked up there and went, "Whoa, he said a hundred innings, but you think about it what right. well, you want it from a starter a a, a a middle guy you want a hundred and sixty seventy something
0: uh, there will be i think the carryover every year there's a carryover from what the world champion copycat. did, or what a World Series team did, what can we copy? Yeah, there's a copycat. Thing. So they, they 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 in 2013, the the Red Sox hit on all those one year contracts that they right, signed, right. And, and so it was like let's find one year undervalued guys and go with that.
2: There's a there's a message though. They plan to trend into young players the next year for every team. Right. Bogarts, Bets, uh, um, Bradley. Uh, those guys, and they all flopped, and people got fired as a result of that. Well, fast forward another year, and those guys became what they were supposed to be. So it's it's a message that you have to have patience. be patient. But Andrew Miller goes to the Indians, and it's a big deal. This is our guy. It's like the second game, Teo Francona brings him into the sixth inning. On the mound, Jason Kipnis <laughs> looks at Francona and goes, so uh, let me get this straight. We gave up our whole farm system to get a sixth-inning guy. <laughs> and Francona goes, I got a plan here. <laughs> and but that, and it, he had a
0: plan. He did. And now other teams are going to try and copy that plan. Absolutely. And turn, I mean, the way you just described how Houston used Davinsky last year.
2: And they have another guy, Michael Feliz, and and they have this, have this argument all the time. Do we want him to start? Do we want him to close? Or would he be more valuable? Would those guys be more valuable right here? Three innings. An inning. To bring
0: this back and to bring that whole example back to the Rangers, if you watched Matt Bush pitch in game three of the division series last year, he was outstanding. And he pitched he he, he went into a third inning there. He would be the guy who on this roster right now would profile the best as that Andrew Miller type. What does he want to do? Uh I, I think he I think he would love to have an opportunity to start. I think at this point, given Matt Bush's life circumstances, I think Matt Bush feels like I will be happy in whatever role you put me in. Is he 30 yet? He is
2: 30. Whoa. Yeah. A late start. I mean, you looked at him. He's 30, but he's still throwing 100 miles an hour. You looked at him all year and you thought, this is not supposed to happen. No. We'd written this guy off. And... This is pretty cool. And d- who was the guy that is responsible for signing him?
0: Oh, gosh.
2: Was it an agent? Was it John Daniels? Was it?
0: No, it was. It, it was. Uh, well, Roy Silver, who works for the Rangers. Right. And who had a hand in Josh Hamilton's uh, uh, start at recovery, uh, had recommended Matt Bush. Speaking of Josh Hamilton. Yes. Go ahead. Uh well, there's nothing new on Josh. Is he's, he is he healthy? He's still rehabbing, you is know. He, he's
2: here. He's in Houston. Is he a free agent? He's a free agent. The but last there time there is an
0: under there's there's a basically an understanding here that providing the Rangers don't make grand grand changes that if he's healthy the Rangers would be very open to signing him to a minor league deal, bring him to camp, let him prove he's healthy. You know, in a best case scenario, Josh does become your DH option and can play a little bit of right field here and there to keep, because I think the Rangers would like to get Senchu Chu off of the field as much as possible into the DH role. We've seen some soft tissue and back injuries over the last couple of years.
2: That's a real concern because he's going to be 35 next year. Do the doctors say that Josh's knee will now allow him to – still allow him to play Major League Baseball? I think it's the knee, right?
0: It's the knee. I mean, I, I, I think – Basically, he had the knee reconstructed,
2: and and so... Has anybody ever come back and played baseball with a knee reconstruction? Uh, that's that's a, pretty major.
0: That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, but, I mean, you'd also be looking at this guy as more of a DH than an everyday position player. How old, and is, I, how old is he now? Josh is going to be 36 in May, I believe. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Seems
2: like only, I mean, seems like only yesterday.
0: No, it, it really does. It and really and
2: does. he's... Do you think the fans, even though he said stupid things after he got traded, do you think the fans would still be fired up about having him back? Uh,
0: if he's if he plays, yes. I, I I think that I I I think he's lost some fans over the course of time with a couple of the slip ups because everybody wanted to believe that he was he was
2: truly blessed, an inspiration. Uh,
0: yes. I I think he's lost some fans with some of the things he said after he left Texas. Um, And I think some people are just tired of the fact that he's really going back to the
2: Angels years, that he's always been hurt. Right. Um, Yeah, you can't – yeah, it does. I mean, if you can't get on the field, we we can't debate. But he's one of the most – And nobody –
0: you you talk about things people don't want to hear about. They don't want to hear about injuries. They don't want to hear about, you know, the state of your knee or the state of your hamstring on a day-to-day basis.
2: He's been a long time since he played baseball. On it's, a regular basis. Yeah.
0: Last September, in September 15, though, you know, he gave this team that level of excitement. He gave this team some some real lift. Uh, what, year, what year was that? 15.
2: 15.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think he's...
2: He played well in f- 2015.
0: He played He played well when he played. You know, again, he only played, he, he was out for the first two months of the year, came up in June, was hurt, uh, came back. Got hurt, came back
2: in September. He only played 60 games. Well, let me ask you this. Well, there are times he looks disinterested at the plate. Do you think he's really disinterested, or is that just the way he is mechanically?
0: Yeah, I I, I think that there's times when he... Uh, disinterested is not the right Gives word. Gives up on himself? I, I think there are times he gets defeated, yeah. I I, I think there the, are
2: times. You probably don't remember. You've had so many games, but there was a game here... I don't know what year. Remember, He was sick. I think it was against Toronto. He wins the game. He's sick. He strikes out every time. He's staggering around in center field like he's about to die. Right. And then in the bottom of the 12th or something, they're down by a run, and he hits the ball over the center field wall. Well, you, and you go, this doesn't make any sense. This guy's Superman.
0: You go back to the 2011 World Series, and, you know, here's a guy playing with a sports hernia and had absolutely nothing during the playoffs. And there he is, hitting what should have been the World Series clinching home run in, in, in the tenth inning. I that this guy's, or, or the I think this guy's uh, penchant for drama is is off the charts, and that's why I just feel like there's still one chapter left. Is it going to be a hundred and fifty game season? No, but can Josh Hamilton potentially give the Rangers some kind of contribution in two thousand seventeen? I do think he can.
2: It's and he knows, that boy knows how to fill up a notebook, too. That day in Toronto, I mean, he was here. I think it was Toronto. I mean, when he hits that home run, he's like an hour coming out of the training room. They're basically putting body parts back on him and all. And John Blake, our friend John Blake from the Rangers, says, are you guys going to wait around for him? And the answer was, you have to wait around. He might say he's quitting to go sell, to go raise yaks or go go." <laughs> Go climb Kilimanjaro, right? You don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, this
0: is—we've spent 40 minutes talking baseball on the cusp of the world, on the cusp of the winter meetings. Here, we really haven't gotten into a whole bunch of of CBA stuff, um, even though you were thank goodness on top of all that. But I think I think our parting shot here on the CBA is that. Baseball took a, a grand parade and decided not to run it right into a wall.
2: <laughs> For once, yeah. And now this triggers an interesting offseason because not only do you have those teams, Yankees, Red Sox, Giants, Nationals, ready to do business in free agency, there are a lot of teams looking to trade. The Tigers are listening on everybody except Cabrera and Volander Well, the Tigers would
0: like to get back under the threshold. Now they know what the, the threshold is. It's the 195. White
2: Sox, the White Sox are listening. The Rays are listening. So... The Giants feel pressure to do something. The Rangers want to do stuff. I mean, we could have it. it could be really a fun offseason now that the offseason is going to start today.
0: Now that yeah, everybody's got the everybody's got the parameters. Everybody knows what what they've got to to work with. Like you said, Detroit has been wanting to get under the threshold. I think they were at two o five last year, or they have about two o five. So they'd love to trim. You know, oh, up. they're
2: going to trade Kinsler. I mean, they're definitely going to trade J.D. Martinez. They'd like to trade Kinsler. And then it comes down to do you listen on Verlander and Carrera? That would be a big step. But
0: Boy, what if you were the Rangers and you traded Rugnet Odor to get Chris Sale and then you filled second base with Ian Kinsler again?
2: <laughs> He's played pretty darn well. Yeah,
0: he really has. And I, I think that the, the trade to Detroit – uh, was a was something that really kind of got him him fired up again and and got him reengaged and he has put together three really good years. Got him Detroit. out of his
2: comfort zone and he became a great player again, didn't he? You
0: know, you know when you're outside of your comfort zone, you know where you are. You're in
2: your growth zone. <laughs> Is that that's a banister line?
0: Oh uh, no, that that's my
2: therapist's line. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was either Malcolm Gladwell or Jeff Bannister. Right? No,
0: no, no. That's my therapist. <laughs> uh, Richard, this has been great. What do you have to do the rest of the day since you've got a bunch more TV spots?
2: Uh, yeah, that's what I have. I'm just waiting around uh, MLB Network in a couple hours and then MLB Network in a couple hours after that. And here we go. You disappointed? Thank goodness it's over. I mean, nobody wants to hear about this. It was different than other labor negotiations. The game, Evan, since we had a work stoppage, there's a generation of fans. That don't even know that the game, but there were in twenty years there were eight work stoppages that they tried. The two sides tried to kill the sport, and and in in the twenty one years since then, uh, minimum salary's gone from hundred grand to five hundred grand. Average salary from a million to four point four million. Attendance from fifty million to seventy three million. And revenues from a billion to to ten billion. It it in the competitive balance. Look. The Cubs just won the World Series, and nobody's surprised. The Royals went to back-to-back World Series. Nobody's even surprised. The Rangers went to back-to-back World Series. Nobody's surprised. Right. It's a cool time to be a fan.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's good for the sport. And um, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know you're going to have a fun time driving around Dallas today before you go back to Houston.
2: <laughs> um, are you upset that you missed Kevin and Barry? I'm upset that I missed Kevin. Never, don't re- never really cared for Barry. Really? No, I I do. I love those guys. That's going to hurt Barry. I especially love Kevin, and he was good in that ESPN 30 for 35 a jamma. He was really good. Very, very He's a. I'll tell you, he's aging well. He's a very attractive man.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think that's an ender right there, Richard. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time on Ballsy. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast.